0: Okay, dokey. Let us pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God. Amen. We ask the Lord to hear us intercessions and prayers. Our Holy Mother Theotokos, Saint Mary, the Great Saint Antonia, but Anthony, Pope corlis and Mary We pray with all thanksgiving. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Um, This one's going to be a little bit more monastic um, because it's a little bit more up my alley um, from how I was raised. So um, I'm hoping that you guys will have your um, follow up questions to make it more lively after if this is too theoretical for some of you so and if i randomly start laughing at the name forgive me because um i was trying to translate the word halder from arabic and so i messaged um a dear friend of mine in california like how would you translate halder and he he went right as you see fit but it auto corrected to as you see girl and so Every time now I see the expression, I'm thinking of what of what he originally said. Okay, so how um, which is what this this chat I guess is going to be about. Um, it's it, it's an Arabic word and it can mean fine, not in a, in an angry way. It can mean sure. As you see, the idea behind it is. is Letting the person in front of you have their will prevail. Um, those of you who are willing to turn on your videos would be really awesome, but if you can, I get it. Thank you, Mino. Um, but that way I don't feel as, as, as super weird. Um, so the gospel, as we've talked about so many times, at its core is about self-denial, right? So obedience is the cornerstone. Of self-denial um and at its core just very basically what we're doing is we're putting a truth or, or truth capital truth um above this self so at its core what we're going to get into is um if if anyone asks of you give it is what was what our lord said right in the in the sermon on the mount anyone who asks you just let, let them and so this is about how do we do that in some ways that actually I think may, maybe might be a bit, a bit uncomfortable. It's about saying yes to having every request that you can say yes to. And when that becomes a problem saying, I'm going to keep using the word Arabic word, but as you see fit or okay or sure, okay, to everything. Um, and I'll try and be practical, but I'm going to be using a lot of Desert Father stories to, to get to it. So as a starting point, this is assuming that you don't demand other people to say how to you. This is about us saying, saying it to other people, not about people saying it to us. Okay, so Abba Isaac, the priest of the cells, used to say, when I was a young man, I used to dwell with Abba Cronius, and he never at any time told me to do any work. Now, he was an old man and he trembled, but he would stand up and give water with his hands to me and to all of us alike. And with Abba Theodore of Parme, it was the same, for he never told me to do any work whatsoever. But he would make ready the table with his own hands and would say, brother, come and eat. So this guy's recounting a story so far of saying, I lived with these like hardcore, awesome saints and they never asked me to do anything they just kept on doing stuff for me. Okay, that's what he's saying so far. They served me, they put plates, even though they were the elders, even though they were, they were the, the big deal. Like they're, they're the bishops, right? So they're doing the serving. And I said unto him, Father, I came that I might help you. How is it that you're not asking me to do anything? But the old man held his peace and I went up and I told the old man and they came to him, the other elders, and I said to him, Father, this brother came to you because he wanted to be helped. He wanted, like, to know what to do. And you're not telling him to do anything. Then the old man said to them, Am I the head of a monastery so that I can go about giving orders? I shall say unto him nothing, and I will only show him that which I wish he would do. And from that time, I was always before him in doing that which the old man was going to do. Whatever he did, he did in silence. And in this manner, he made me to know and taught me to work in silence also. Okay, so I'm starting about to say, a person who has the spirit of, I'm not gonna demand of others, I'm gonna give to others, okay? I'm gonna be at the service of others. That person, when that's their, their, their mentality, right? First of all, they're not gonna be upset because they're not expecting anything, but B, they change the behavior. Because the reason I'm going this story is because this is the abbot. This is the head of the monastery, right? So he has actually the right to say whatever he wants, right? He can say, no, here's the system. You go clean. You go do this. I'm going to go do this, but he's not. And I do want to acknowledge that it's hard, and so do the fathers, right? Um, Says, Abba Joseph used to say, There are three things which are held in honor before God. There are three things that God thinks are a big deal. First, when a man is sick and he still works hard and receives it with thanksgiving. So somebody who, even though they're sick, works hard and is thankful, that's a big deal with God. Second, when a man does all of his works in a way that they're pure before God without having any human consideration. So somebody who's, I'm doing the right thing, not for praise, not for anything else, but simply because it's the right thing. Those are the first two. But third, he says, when a man submits himself to authority and obeys his father and sets aside his own will, such a man has one crown the more. But I would personally choose the sickness. <laughs> so I Joseph is saying these three things are a big deal. The hardest one is the guy who says, how's and he's like, it's so hard that that guy receives extra blessing. And I was just saying, and even though I know he gets an extra blessing, blessing, I'd rather be the guy with the illness than the guy who says yes. Right. So what we're talking about, we know is not um, an easy task. It's not something um, that is, is like natural tasks. Okay. It's hard, but, Saying harder, saying yes, saying as you see fit, it calms storms, okay? Because any conflict, any conflict is always a battle of two wills, at least two wills, okay? There is never a conflict when people agree. Right? You're not going to sit there fighting with someone because you're of the same opinion. right? Like you, You're only going to fight with someone because you want something different than the person in front of you. Straightforward. If you're arguing over the bills, if you're arguing over the system, you're arguing over who goes first, you're arguing over the service, whatever it is, let the other person, if you let the other person have their way, you end the conflict right away. It's that simple, right? And again, with all this, I'm 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 assuming there's not an objective clear um right or wrong. Okay. When there's an objective clear right or wrong, it's different, right? We're, we're not gonna be like, yeah, he does, he's not into the Trinity, no problem. I just didn't want him to be upset. No, that's not a thing, okay? But if it's about just your will, what you want, no, let the other person have it. Um it's like the story of Abba Isaac above. Right. Like in that story of that abbot of Isaac, the, the, the person who's retelling the story, clearly it's impacted him. Right. But he's saying that that guy's ability to just give made me sit at his feet for the whole of his life. Right. Think of people that you really, 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 really like. Would you not be willing to do almost anything for them? even though they're probably, if you think about them, they probably don't ask you for much, right? And if they, if, they, if they do, like I know for me, like there are certain people who I'm dying to do things for. Like I just, I wish that they would ask me, like I wanna do something, right? And it's, it's that, that person who's always giving makes you really wanna be the person who can offer them something. So hadr, first of all, it calms the storms. Second is that saying as you see fit, as you see, hadr. By saying it, that means that you don't think that your opinion is of greater value than the person in front of you. Right? It's, it's, It's a very meaningful way of showing the person in front of you, you don't think you're more important. Right. Because when you assert a position, it obviously means you're convinced you're right. Right. This is what we talked about the last Thursday or, or second last Thursday that we talked. Right. About asserting things as dogma. If they're not dogma. So if I'm asserting something on some level. Right. I'm trying to say um, I matter. So it's one thing. But in, in, in this spirit of halder, OK. Um, You're saying, I don't value me more. Okay? It's not poor in spirit. Poor in spirit is saying, you know, I'd rather you give. You give the order. You give the opinion. You, You assess. I'd rather be the receiver. Let me be in the position of poverty. Okay? Now, it's one thing to do this outwardly. And it's another thing to do this inwardly. Okay? So, for example... You can in the service say, but you internally are so livid, right? Or you're saying, okay, and you are hoping with all hopes that the person in front of you messes up big time. It can be your spouse or being like, yeah, yeah, have your way. And you're saying it not because you're giving up your will because you're like so that that guy can find out how stupid his idea is and when it fails miserably which it will because he's dumb he's going to come back crawling and say you are right and if that's your tone i'm sure that your spouse or your friend or your leader or whoever it is can pick up on that (laughs) okay so, it's one thing to say that outwardly, and it's another thing to say it on the, on, on the inside. And you can be saying it and judging the heck out of the person in front of you, but it should be said from the heart. It should be said with the spirit of, Be it done unto me according to your will. Let me be put at the mercy of another person. Okay? What does that do? It saves you, completely saves you um, from your ego. Um, Um, And when a person is is laying down their own will, right? When a person um, is not forcing their way, saving you from your ego is not just so that you become a a humble person. That's going to make you a more peaceful person. Because once you're not trying your best to have your way, you're no longer in a position of expecting stuff. And when you don't expect stuff, you're not gonna be annoyed, right? If you're going into a meeting being like, you know, I'm going to this meeting because I need to tell them that everything they're doing is wrong. They need to listen to me. Okay, now I have an expectation that I'm right. I have an expectation that people agree with me. I have an expectation that people just say and do whatever it is that I want. But if I go in just being like, oh, I'm just going to a meeting. I don't have that expectation. I'm not gonna be excited, sad, happy. I'm just gonna be normal. But Hadr opens the door for a dialogue. Like if you think that Hadr means that your personality gets killed, it, it doesn't, right? So if you're adamant in your way, giving up your way or your opinion or whatever it is might actually make people listen to your way, right? So for example, if your parents are used to you being cooperative, or your congregation, or your spouse, or your boss, or your colleagues, or your fellow servants, insert whatever situation you want, right? If they're used to being cooperative, then the day that you express an opinion, people take it a lot more seriously, right? Where they're like, oh, wait, he has an opinion, right? Like, like versus the one who doesn't ever shut up about their opinion, right? Those people tend to be dismissed more. It's like, yeah, yeah he always has something to say, right? Whereas, whereas when the person doesn't, so here's, here's a story that I really like about Mark the scribe. Before I read the story, so Mark the scribe is a monk who is really famous in the desert for his obedience, okay, for giving up his will. And the abbot or the abba really loved Mark to the point that a lot of, of people got very jealous. And so they were they, there was visiting elders and they are like, Oh, good thing you're here. Our elder only likes this guy over here. He gives special attention to Mark. He's all about Mark and and it's just, it's not fair. And so they go to the elder and they say to him, hey, um, is it true that you favor Mark? And the elder says, I like Mark. Can I show you why I like Mark? And they said, sure. So Mark is a calligrapher. So Mark um, copied out text and he had really beautiful fonts and stuff like that. That was one of the, the handiworks of, of a monk. So he goes, Come with me to the elders. So they knock on the on, on Mark's door and he's like, Mark, come open for us right now. Mark opens, and the elder takes them to the table and says, Look at Mark. And he looks at what Mark was transcribing. And Mark had left his table in the middle of writing a letter. He didn't even finish the letter, right? Not a sentence, not a word. He finished in the middle of a letter. His Abba had come, he came, right? And so he goes, so he looks at the elders that he brought, he goes, this is why I like Mark, okay? Mark is different. So this is who we're talking about in the story. So on another occasion, the mother of Mark comes. So this is the guy who's the pinnacle of obedience that, that has gotten high praise. Here's a story where Mark is obeying something he doesn't want to obey, okay? So on another occasion, the mother of Mark came to see him and she had with her an abundant company of members of her household. So Mark's family is coming to visit. And an old man went forth to her and she said to him, Abba, tell my son to come forth and see me, okay? And this is not even Mark's father confession. This is just some Abba. The old man went in and said to him, Mark, go see your mom. Then Mark wrapped himself up in rags and blackened his face by standing up in the sooty chimney. (laughs) And he went forth, thus fulfilling the behest of his master and shutting his eyes. So you've got to remember that monks had left the world. They had died to the world. They didn't want to see family, right? And so Mark is being asked to do something in his view, really messed up. This is not just like a preference. This is, you're asking me to go against the core of my being. Okay? And he's like, okay. So he goes and he does this dramatic stuff. So he goes out to his mother and says, "Live ye, live ye. <laughs> and so those of you who know Arabic, it makes more sense to say, taish, taish, right? May you live. Um, so he did the traditional greeting, but he wouldn't look at them. Now his mother didn't recognize him because of the soot and the rags. And she sent in again to the old man a message saying, "'Send to me my son, O oh father, so that I may see him.'" Then the old man said to Mark, "'Didn't I tell you to go out and see your mother?' And he said to him, "'Father, I went forth and I did your command, um, "'but I beg you, do not ask me to go again Um, less peradventure, I feel myself compelled to disobey you. (laughs) And the old man spake with her and quieted her and sent her away in peace. So sometimes when you give up your will, when you say, you're more likely to get your will. Right? So Mark didn't want to see his mom. Right? And he might've had really good reasons. It might not have just been a principle. It might've been like, it's a struggle for me. Right. It makes me remember my old life. It makes me think about maybe I shouldn't have done this. Like there's a whole bunch of things that Mark might be feeling about not wanting to see them. Right. It might not just be to prove a point. And because he listened to his father, it's not even his father. He just said yes to the guy who told him to go. Right. He was able to negotiate when it really did affect him, where he could say, Abba, I'm begging you. And that's literally what he said. I beg you, please don't, don't put me in a situation where I even consider disobeying you. And the elder right away, instead of saying, who are you to define me? He knows that Mark doesn't defy him because he says yes to everyone. And he already said yes to the request that he's just like, okay, call Mark, have your way. Right. It gives you actually more authority in your relationships when you are amenable, when you're not being stubborn all the time, a person who's stubborn all the time, people react to them as a stubborn person of being like, why are you always stubborn? But when you're not always a stubborn person and you say, can you please not ask me that? It makes the person be like, oh, wow, I must have struck a chord because usually he or she always says yes. Right. It it, it changes the whole tone of your conversation. So like when you're gentle with the person in front of you, when you give up your will, you remove the resistance that was there towards you. Right. You You make it. Harder for them to be resistant towards you. And then you can have a conversation, right? It's like saying to somebody, listen, I'm ready to do whatever you ask. Okay. Whatever you ask of me, as long as it's not wrong, I'm going to say yes. I'm just asking you that before you give me the order, could you take into consideration this that I'm struggling with? Right. It, It changes the whole dialogue, right? Because you're saying, no, I'm ready to give up my will, but just please, be with me on this right think of yourself if someone said that to you hopefully your response wouldn't be no right hopefully your response would be like okay i'm listening it changes that whole thing next is that how as you see fit it gives room for growth and here i'm using this the famous story of saint um saint pishoy okay so St. Beshoy, most of you have heard this story about him um, um, watering his stick, okay? So his elder was really aggressive. If you've read The Life of St. Beshoy and you read about Elder Pambo, that guy was scary. Like, I'd be so afraid of that guy if he was my spiritual father, personally, okay? memoir was hardcore. And Abba Pambo said, Beshoy, take the stick, water it. And St. Beshoy's response was, Haldr, as you see. I don't want you to confuse that as though St. Beshoy was a moron with no personality, who somehow thought putting water on a dead stick was cool. The difference is that he's saying, why fight about it? You want me to water a stick? No big deal. All water is stick. Okay. Now the stick that St. Bishoy was being asked to water to get the water, St. Bishoy would have to walk for hours to go get the water, right? He'd have to go walk a long distance, get the water from a well, carry it in buckets, come back. And he did it. And as we know from the story, that stick um, blossomed, brought forth fruit. Actually that, that stick that became a tree, is in weddingness room today. It's in the it's in the monastery and it's it's Abba John's tree. Um, it's actually in Dera Um So not at his own monastery, ironically. But um, why am I saying that story? Think about what Saint Bishoy benefited from doing that by not having the fight, right? Saint Bishoy is like, okay, maybe he's benefiting from the walks, right? Being like, okay, I'm going for walks. It's good. I get my exercise. I'm getting some time. Um, I'm keeping the peace by doing it. I get to meditate during my walk. A lot of monks are being sent around to serve other elders, which means more interaction, more discussion, more talking, more whatever. I get to enjoy peace and quiet um, during this. He's reflecting more, maybe memorizing more psalms, memorizing more verses. Right? Doing stuff that's relevant to them. Instead of sitting there being like, this is so dumb, I don't like it, blah, 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 he turned it into something that for him became profitable. Right? That by saying Hadar, he got growth from it. Right? Saint Bishoy became a different person because of that experience. And we don't know what Saint Bishoy's reaction was to the stick blossoming, but I'm sure he felt some kind of joy at that. Right? Not a showing off joy, but a sense of, oh, wow, God, God viewed the watering of that stick differently than, than we did. Right? That, that got something there. So, for example, your wife or your husband or your co-worker or your boss or your co-servant or whoever is telling you to do something that you just think is dumb. When you just say, sure, you have no idea what you'll benefit. Right? Maybe they're asking you to photocopy the most useless things at work and you became some guy's coffee boy or coffee girl you can sit there and be like this is below me this is against my dignity this is blah 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 or you can be like wow this is cool i'm getting paid like really good money to make coffee and because of it i'm so much more peaceful at home because i'm not stressed out about my job now i can deal with the stress that i've got at home right or wow, this guy, even though this work is already done and he's making me go through the files, it made me really master this programming language or this knowledge or this thing because I'm having to go through it with a fine-tooth comb. Now I know a lot about it and I wouldn't have known a lot about it otherwise, right? I'm, I'm being told to go through blah, 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 blah. Like when you just say yes and you get over it, You have no idea what stuff you might get from there and you might even find yourself becoming an expert or a guru about something that you weren't expecting to become. And it happens, um, only because of your saying halter. If you fought it, you'd never have had that experience, right? It it brought you something really cool, really unique. Okay. Um, and it's how you become humble. Right? Because like, people, people always ask that question of how do I become more humble? Th- this is how. Right? That's why, like, St. Anthony, um, the best saint of all time, right? There's the famous quote where it says, I saw all the snares, I saw everything, all the traps that the devil could lay out, I saw all of them. And I groaned. I looked at it, and I, Anthony, not me, Paul, but like, Anthony, the, the cool Anthony, said, Who can escape that? Right? Like he looked at it in despair and he heard a voice from the devils, one version says the devils, another says from the heavens, it doesn't matter, saying humility. Humility is what makes a man to escape these. You can get out of any major conflict, any major problem in your life, any vice from your life by laying down your will, by saying Hadr. And Hadr gives you peace. An old man asked Abba a saying, Um, some brethren dwell with me. Do you wish me to give them commandments? Okay, do do, do you want me to give, I have some some new novices. Do you want me to give them orders? Is what he's coming in good faith to Abba Piman. Okay, Abba Piman was one of the great elders of the desert. Um, And he said to him, Abba Piman says, no, don't, don't tell them to do anything. You yourself must first do the work. If they want to live, if they want to attain to this life, then they should see you and then imitate you. The old man said to him, um, the guy talking to Abba Piman, um, Should they want me to give them rules? Like he's confused by Abba's like instructions. He's like, Wait, like shouldn't the, the, the new guy, shouldn't they get orders? So shouldn't they want it? And Saint Abba Piman says to him, no, be unto them an example, not a lawgiver. That was what Abba Piemann said then. Don't go Lord over them, right? Instead, be their example. And the beauty of that, not just in terms of example, is that gives you peace. You don't need to debate what to do, right? This guy's coming to Abba Piemann with like, Okay, should I give them the hard rule or should I give them the soft rule? What do you think, right? He's having this like philosophical thing. How should, I, how should I go about doing this? You don't need to debate. You don't need to weigh out the options. You don't have to think about reactions and opinions. You don't need to think about how many views you're going to get, how many likes you're going to get, how many dislikes you're going to get, whose shoulder, who's, who you're going to like, whose feathers you're going to ruffle. You don't need to worry about any of those things because the spirit of Hazar Spirit of, as you see fit, has released you from any of that. You know, um, I had a warfare once with my confession father growing up. Um, Sorry, not the one with him. There's one I had with him that's coming later. But I had a warfare about service, right? So I would be serving and I'd come to him in confession and like, Abuna, you know, like... I have like like opposite warfares. So one day I'll be like, oh, wow, you're so good. Look at your service. You do this and you do this and you do this and you do this and you care and you're, you're all that, right? And I go, but then I'll have on another day, I thought of who do you think you are? Why do you think that you can serve? Why do you think that you are entitled to do this, that, or the other thing? Why do you think that you're, you're doing a good job or, or, or all this other stuff? And so when I came to Abuna, I'm just, just like, I don't know how I'm supposed to answer that. I'm having both. One day I think I'm amazing, the next day I think I suck and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And Abuna's just like, it's really simple. Answer the devil who's telling you both of them. You're just saying, Hadr. Why are you serving? Because I, your father confession said, serve. That's all. It's not because you're good. It's not because you're bad. Those are irrelevant. You are serving because you were told to serve. So how this saves you from the whole debate, right? That spirit of, as you see, saves you from the whole warfare because now you don't need to deliberate. Now it didn't matter. And I I actually started laughing at how simple the answer was, (laughs) where, where I could literally just say to the warfare, I'm like, Actually, no, I'm, I'm just doing it because I was told to do it, right? I don't need to know why it made sense, why it doesn't make sense, why in this order, not in this order. I'm just doing what I'm told. I don't need to have an opinion about it. I don't need to have the credentials for it, right? That saves you from tons of stuff. And the same thing um, is how you can apply it in your own service, your own life, right? Get, get a rule about whether you should be writing or not writing, serving, not serving, outreaching, not outreaching. If you can turn it into a case of Haldir, you save yourself so much grief, right? You you even save yourself from other conflict. Like if some guy comes up to you, like when some guy, someone came up to me and was being like, who the heck do you think you are doing this, 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 and this, and this. And I wasn't worked up about it, not because I'm holy, because I'm not, I have a huge ego, it was just so much easier for me to look at the person and say i'm so sorry i upset you honestly i'm doing it because my bishop told me to do it <laughs> so um if you want to go tell my bishop to tell me to stop by all means and i wasn't being facetious or trying to rub him the wrong way i'm just like i'm genuinely just doing what i'm told and it was such an easy way out of an argument instead of being like i'll tell you why i'm doing what i'm doing Right and, 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 and answering like antagonistically, right? It's just give it up, right? I'm saying, I'm sorry that I'm upsetting you. I was delegated this. Um, I didn't mean to offend you. I'll back off, right? But if you can back off, if you can't back off, then you do what you're, you're told. It saves you from so much. You go to bed at night because you're not defending a position at all. You're not worried about your ego at all. You're not worried about what people think of you at all. You're, you're only concerned about doing what's right. And that's why the spirit of Hadr gives you grace. Okay, here's a story of Abba John, the disciple of a certain Abba Paul. Um, so they say of Abba John, the disciple of Abba Paul, that he possessed great obedience. Now in the place where they used to live, there was a sepulcher, a tomb, wherein dwelt a savage panther. And Abba Paul saw it in a few little heaps of goods. And he said to John, Go to the sepulcher and bring me some of the things from there. And John said to him, My father, what shall I do with the panther? They both know that there's a panther there. And the old man laughed and said to him, If he comes against you, tie him up and bring him here. So John went there at evening, and the panther came against him. And when he went to lay hold of him, the animal fled from him. Then John pursued him, saying, My father told me to capture you. And he seized him and bound him with cords. Meanwhile, the old man was very much troubled about John, and he was sitting waiting for him anxiously. And behold, he came dragging along the panther, which was tied with ropes. And the old man saw and marveled. Then the brother said to him, Father, behold, I have taken prisoner the the panther according to what you commanded me, and I brought him here. And the old man, wishing to remove him the occasion for boasting, slapped him and said, you brought me a wandering dog, not a panther. And he untied the animal and let him go, right? And so here's a guy, and this is real, okay, who by the spirit of saying, could tell a panther, a wild panther, please come back because (laughs) my Abba told me I have to take you back to him. And that God had the nature of this wild animal obey him because of his spirit of, I don't want to be breaking the will of my Abba, right? This is such a big deal, right? Um, Another story, I'm going to dwell on this point a little bit. They used to tell about two brothers who lived in a monastery who both had arrived at a high grade of ascetic life. The one devoted himself to an austere life of self-denial and poverty, and the other was obedient and humble. And being angry with each other, they wished to know which of the two kinds of service was the greater, OK? So one of them, they both are very ascetic. One of them is really poor. The other one's very obedient. And they're, they're now mad at each other, and they're trying to figure out whose virtue is better than the other. That's monastic competitions for you. Um, and they went down to the river where there were many crocodiles. And the brother who possessed the faculty of obedience went in, stood up among them, and they all bowed to him, the crocodiles. Then he cried out to his fellow who was a mourner and, and, and um, the guy who was uh, self-denial and poverty and said to him, forgive me, my brother, I don't have, I haven't attained to such a high degree of faith as you have. So the guy who's not obedient was like, um, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> like I lose. Um, and they returned to the monastery and the, and the head of the monastery heard a voice saying the man who obeys is better than the man who leads a life of voluntary poverty. And the reason why the obedience is higher than the voluntary poverty is because the voluntary poverty is still using his will. The person who's voluntary poverty is saying, I am choosing to give this up. Whereas the guy who's obedient is saying, I am not permitting myself even a choice. I'm letting your choice be the prevailing choice right and that's why heaven intervened to say this guy wins right and I'll tell you some modern stories just while I'm at it some of you guys already heard these stories from one of the talks recently but there is at the monastery um Murray heard this one because it was to the SMSK group um but there was a, a a monk who had some groups that were at the monastery for retreat and a, a few priests came in um to to have their meal and there was like like this much i can't see there you go this much olive oil in the it right and, and they made fool as usual and so the, the the youth that were asked to serve they were kind of like um abuna like i don't think we should put out the oil because there's not enough so like the first guy is going to use it all and we're going to look bad and so Abuna looked at them so upset because the cornerstone, the number one rule of monasticism is halter, right? So the, the monk looked at the youths that were there, the youth that were there, and he's just like, I said, go do it, right? Fein halter, where's, where's your, as you see fit? So they go out and they put the oil, they lay everything out. And sorry, like these priests had no blood. <laughs> okay, like they, the first priest takes the oil, and he's just like pouring it out. Um, like, like there's no one else there. Um, and all the youth are like, this is why we didn't want to put it out. So he pours it like crazy and he sets it aside. And there's somehow still oil in it. The next priest does it. It goes all around. Everybody drenches their food in oil and the oil doesn't run out. So all the youth were like in awe that they're witnessing this miracle with their very, very eyes in front of them. Right. And the monk looked at them like they were morons and he just like, don't you just say, okay? like, what's your problem? Um, And so that's modern. Right. Another time there was a monk that told me the story that that he witnessed um, when he was a novice. He's a very old monk. Um, And he was saying that when he was a novice way back in the day, the elder Abba told them, um, go build like a a wooden um, enclosement around this thing. And it's the desert. It's hot. And it gets really, really, really hot. Um, and the Abba was like, just do it. And so the, this monk that's telling the story, is like, I'm an engineer. I know that this is stupid. Like, it, it is stupid. It's going to catch flame. So they argue with Abuna, and Abuna's like, I said, do it. Just do it. Okay. So they do it. Lo and behold, just as expected, it goes on fire. And they go running to Abuna, and like, Abuna. And they, there's this triumphant, like, voice of, like, huh, told you so. But they're, they're trying to not look triumphant. So he's like, what should we do, Abuna? Right? Like, in this, in this spirit. And they are worried, like, what if the fire goes off? Internally, he's like, I told you, like, you would have just listened. And Abuna, the elder, looks at him and goes, what should you do? You're monks. Go pray. So they go to the fire. And this elder, Abuna, starts praying the Psalms. And he starts reciting one of the Psalms that says, The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. And Buddha goes, "Ahlif, like, I, I, I am ready to, to swear to you <laughs> that it was like a blanket came down from heaven when he said that and put out all the flames in one go. Like it was just padded down. And then the other looking and said, Now go build it again. <laughs> so it, you get a supernatural grace from the spirit of, of, of Hadr. And God uses it. I had a struggle with my father confession um, before I left Canada um, where I felt um, I was sure of, not just felt, a very clear calling um, to move. And my father confession at one point had said, if you don't, he, he said to me, it is never God's will for you to go. We had had a big fight. Um, and in a dramatic moment, he's like, no, it is not God's will. It's never God's will, blah, blah, blah. That had been like five or six months prior to this event. And I had all sorts of signs, all sorts of things that happened. And I was in the monastery in Egypt and it was so clear. God really, really, really intervened. Everything was obvious. So I went, there's a, there's a monk who's actually now my elder, like, my, like formerly my spiritual father. And he scared the living daylights to me. He goes, listen, if you don't go because you know that god is saying to go if you don't go never ever ask me again for any advice because you're not interested in doing god's will you just need your own thing i was having a monumental dilemma because i'm spirit of haldur and i don't want to upset my spiritual father my father of confession and so I went to my church, my home church, and I was scared out of my mind. It was Vespers, and I was going to sit with Abuna after Vespers. And I'm, like, staring at the icon of St. Mary. I'm like, listen, lady, like, you got to hook me up because I don't know what I'm going to say. Abuna has already said that it's never God's will. He's just going to freak out at me. But I don't want to be disobedient. I want the blessings of Hadr. So God if you really want me to go there, if I'm not mistaken in what's being interpreted as your voice, then you can move the heart of Abuna, because I want to say Hauder. So I went into Buna's office just having prayed and I was like, God, like you do the talking, I don't know what to do. I had no idea what I was going to say. I didn't plan what I was going to say. I didn't know anything. And literally just sitting with him, I just said, Abuna, this is what happened. I feel confident that this is what God's saying. However, I can't accept to go without your blessings. And Abuna's response to me was, yeah, you're right. This is God, and you ought to go. And don't worry about your parents. I'll fight your parents for you. So it, it, it even flipped it upside down right is that the, like having the spirit of Hadr really gives you grace. God works through it because you're not fighting for yourself and if you're not fighting for yourself, God fights for you right then then now you def- your defender, your lawyer is God himself and that's why Halder puts you with Christ because the first Haler the first Okay, as you see fit, of all time is that of the Son, is that of Jesus Christ. That from before time was even created, He said Hadr to the Father's will of laying down His life for all of humanity. He was the first, right? And so saying Hadr is to be christ-like right saying how there is to be like him that's why you find your grace in him right that's why christ said don't sit in the front don't sit in the front sit in the back let them come and put you in the front be in the position of receiving don't be in the position of taking including your will right when you put yourself in the position of receiving people will elevate you you won't need to elevate you just put yourself there, right? That's why, even with our Lord, scripture says to us, He put down Himself, right? He, he who laid down His life for us as the first fruits of man. And then it says, And God, therefore, has given Him a name above all names. God glorified the name of the Lord, right? That the, the consequence of this is your is glorification, but it's not why we do it. It's just, it's what ends up happening. That's why one of the fathers has. Um, the Abba who was in Iliu used to say, obedience comes into existence because of obedience. Circular. For if, a, for if a man obeys God, God will also obey him. Right? That's powerful. Right? That the person who obeys God, God obeys him. This is why Christ said. No, be with me. And there's a context to him saying to be with me. It's not this a general thing where he says, be with me and then ask in my name. So it's not this magical formula. In Jesus' name I ask this amen. That's not how it works, right? It's there's it a whole context to that. We're saying, be with me. Be with me where? Take up the cross. Say say Hadr to the suffering, say hadr to the shame, say hadr to the walk. And if you do that, you walk with me. And glory, and anything you ask, I already gave it to you. That's why our Lord said, no, 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 walk with me. And then you, I don't even tell you that you need to ask the Father, because he already is going to listen to you. He says, I'm not going to ask the Father for you, because he's already listening, right? Because you're, you're, you're with me. So finally, Hadr gives you resurrection. On one occasion, four brothers came to see Abba Pambo, the hardcore Abba Pambo we were talking about earlier, from Shaheeds And they were wearing skins, and each one of them said, each one of them, while his neighbor was absent, recounted to him his work. So each one is sitting with Abba Pambo, one by one, and and talking about the other brothers of their four, and and in a good way, okay? Saying, oh, Abba, these three that are with me, they're amazing, you should see them. They have this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, okay? So they recounted him his work, saying, the first one fasts all the time. The second leads a life of poverty. The third is so loving. And concerning the fourth, the other three said, he has been in subjection to the old men for 22 years. He's been under obedience to the elders for 22 straight years. And that's hard, old men have tempers. Then Abba Pambo said to them, I say unto you that the spiritual excellence of this man is great. Each of you has chosen the ascetic virtue, which he possesses according to his own wish, his own will, his own choosing. But this man, he's cut off his own desire and has performed the will of others. And those who are thus will, if they keep these things to the end, become confessors. Right? Confessors meaning those who suffered for the sake of Christ right he's saying that these are people who are crowned in glory right that's what it means to give up the the will it is a special place of god who emptied himself of saying that you who empty yourself also of your own will i glorify you with the same glory that i have received from my father to him be glory forever and ever amen